0: Welcome to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. This week, I'm joined by Sam Buckley, head of BMO's Government of Canada Trading Desk. This week's episode is titled, One and Done. I'm Ben Reitzes, and welcome to Views from the North. Each episode, I will be joined by members of BMO's FIC Sales and Trading Desk to bring you perspectives on the Canadian rates market and the macro economy. We strive to keep this show as interactive as possible by responding directly to questions submitted by our listeners and clients. We value your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out with any topics you'd like to hear about. I can be found on Bloomberg or via email at benjamin.rightses at bmo.com. That's benjamin.reitzes at bmo.com. Your input is valued and greatly appreciated. Sam, welcome back to the show. It is a new year, and, uh, well, things might be a little bit different, but so far, they've been pretty similar in in that the market has remained extremely volatile. So uh, exciting year ahead, and uh, welcome to 2023, and and let's get right to it. Thanks a lot, Ben. Yeah, obviously, it's been a big big two
1: and a half weeks of uh, of market moves. It's really just been one move, really, lower in yields, um, really kind of a, a steeper curve for the most part. It's really been a perfect storm, I would say, for the market. A lot of new money waiting to be put to work at, at kind of higher yields where we ended off the year. We haven't seen uh, yields this attractive in a long time, just from an investment standpoint. So I think a lot of accounts, and even I would say retail investors too, although that's not really what's driving this, would wanted to to... Uh, put some money to work in fixed income. But I would say the overall theme of kind of investment positioning from talking to accounts is more kind of looking for higher yields, steeper curves this year. So there might've been a bit of positioning issue to start the year. And then we have had a bit of weaker data come through. So I think kind of a perfect storm of a little bit weaker data positioning and uh, new money being put to work in fixed income all kind of brought us to where we are today. Violent Violent rally. Yeah, very violent rally, consistent. (laughs) Um, I mean, definitely steeper curves too, which kind of says that central banks are uh, the next move is cuts. And that's definitely what we're seeing kind of in the front part of the curve. Yeah, I think generally what we're seeing though is we're not seeing buying of fixed income. I mean, generally we're seeing um, especially this week, I would say definitely this week, we're seeing selling of fixed income. I would say investors are probably thinking this rally has gone a bit too far, given what uh, what's on tap for the year, which no one knows, but generally nothing happens in a straight line. And this has been a very, very
0: straight line uh, lower in yield um, over the last uh, two and a half weeks. So what slows this down? We had another round of weaker data today. Uh, it's Wednesday out of the US, retail sales were soft, industrial production was soft. I guess we don't necessarily see new money flowing in at, at the at the pace that we've seen so far this year. So maybe, maybe that that ebbs a little bit, and positioning's probably cleaner. You have to think. Yeah, I think positioning's definitely cleaner. I
1: would think that um, what well, really stops us. I mean, that was your question. It's not central bank talk. I think the central banks, especially the Fed, has been kind of trying to talk back the the market pricing um, in for cuts and the inversion of the curve for a while, and the market really hasn't seemed to listen. So now we're getting into the conversation where is the Fed going to get pushed by the market into doing something a little bit sooner than they wanted to? And I mean, I think you kind of look back over the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, and that's generally been the case. The Fed has generally followed the market to some extent. But, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of wood to chop between now and when we're starting to price cuts. And so nothing moves in a straight line, as mentioned earlier. So I think that we could definitely get some improvement data, whether that's employment data. Um, it seems like CPI is definitely going to be in a weakening trend. But if the central banks continue to, to hike rates, um, or at least talk about hiking rates or talking about not cutting rates, there is only so far that we can really push this, I would imagine. Because, I mean, you're really starting to bleed into quite a bit of negative carry, too, in some of these these positions. Um, so I think it's definitely something to watch out for. Interesting. Then we okay. have the Bank of Canada next week. And I mean, I, definitely, I think the price movement has kind of spawned the narrative that maybe um, they're not going to go. Um, and there's definitely been some mm-hmm. some commentary around that. I still think that the data has been strong enough to, to warrant 25 basis points. After that, who knows? I, I would guess probably a long hold. My call would be probably into the fall, just kind of see what happens given the the talk around what to expect next and letting the hikes work their way through the economy. But again, we have no idea um, how they're really going to work. But uh, my base case is uh, hike 25 basis points for next week and then uh, then on hold for f- call it till the meeting in September.
0: All right. Well, that, that's... That's the house view as well, On my view, too, uh, 25 basis points next week. Uh, then on hold, we have to, through the rest of this year and, and till the fall, I think, is a reasonable point to kind of think that they might start to reevaluate either way for that matter. Like if inflation stays stickier at that point, it might become clear that four and a half percent is not enough if you really want to get inflation back down to two percent or alternatively, maybe the economy tanks between now and then. And they need to start cutting rates, and and so uh, that that's probably the earliest kind of you, you see them really realizing that and wanting to start to go the other way. And the math on inflation tells you that like you can't really get low enough on inflation until Q4 unless things really fall apart in in in, a, in an awful hurry. So that that's the earliest. Possible point at which they could start moving rates lower, but yeah, I think you're right on. Like the, the it's interesting that the market narrative has changed so quickly. Like the fundamentals, nothing's changed. The employment was still 100,000 earlier this month. CPI was still really strong earlier this week. And the Business Outlook Survey wasn't all that bad. I mean, it's softened for sure. No, there's no debating that. But sales growth still expected to be positive, and employment growth positive, and investment growth positive. Like all that stuff, still, still on the plus side. Uh, no, no sign of, of recession from there. Even if, even if the, the respondents in the survey thought there'd be recession, uh, I don't think any of them kind of are treating their business that way at this point in time. So, uh, no, no real sign of a, a big reckoning on the economy front just yet. And so I, I don't really know what's changed in the past couple of days to, to, uh, mark down, uh, policy expectations over the next, uh, whatever weeks and months, but they've done that still, um. We're still at 25 basis points, and 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 the messaging I think that they deliver is that while they're probably not going to raise rates further, that's the direction they'll err in, and and they will keep more hikes on the table even if the market uh, clearly does not think that, and and that could impact market pricing. Uh, we just have, we have just over four and a half percent priced into like March, April, May, June area. That could get pushed a little bit higher because all, all it would take is is really just a month of, of decent data and then they have to go again or something along those lines even mm-hmm. even if the bar to hike after next week is probably even higher, that's where the risks are. Uh, the risk of a near-term cut is, is pretty much zero. Uh, and so you, you probably need to price in at least some odds of, of rate hikes. So uh, I think you're right. It, it's going to be challenging to continue to rally given the amount of cuts and the aggressive pace of cuts that are in the market it's almost as if the market's pricing some odds of like an emergency 200 basis points end of the world type scenario happening in the next whatever 12-ish 15 months or something like that rather than 25 basis points every meeting kind of from from October out uh, which is which is more or less what we have now so it's it's in- interesting days for the market so I guess we'll kind of wait and see where things pan out and how the, how the bank really plays things next week. And there's one, one interesting uh, add-on to the bank meeting that's easy to forget because it's new. We'll get minutes two weeks after the policy announcement. So the language around that's going to be interesting because we haven't had it and they haven't really given us all that much, but we'll see how much more detail we get out of them. And maybe it opens the door to, to talk about eventual rate cuts or, or who knows. I don't I guess we'll have to wait and see on that front, but uh, an extra interesting wrinkle that uh, we need to 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 watch out for with the policy statement, monetary policy report, and now minutes as well.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, Ben. I mean, I think the, I would say the front page of the paper worry around inflation is still very much there, although it's going away, still high. Um, and I think they want to, I mean, their job is to to fight inflation. Um, And I do think they're worried about that kind of front page of the paper, rents are too high, groceries are too high, my bills are too high in general. Um, And I mean, let's not forget, we've had a huge housing rally. Um, There's still a lot of equity in people's homes, despite higher interest rates. And it is taking a while to filter through to all the mortgage payers, whether people had fixed rate mortgages that they need to renew at some varying points in time, whether they are in variables and they're just Different banks have different structures in terms of um, how they actually pass on that to consumers. So I mean, I think the longer we go at these levels without having huge data cratering, I mean, I think people are gonna learn to live with higher payments. Uh, Let's not forget we've had decent wage gains as well. Um, And I'm sure there's more wage gains to come, just given the mismatch in in the employment data that we've seen and what we're seeing in the US too. So I think there's still a lot of wood to chop. And I think that probably the aggressive hikes that we're seeing, not sure if they come to fruition as quickly, as the market, I would say that's probably the risk they do not come to fruition as quickly as the market's saying. Maybe they keep getting pushed out. They keep getting pushed out. I think the cuts. Sorry, the cuts. But yeah, uh, I think that there's definitely still a lot of wood to chop on inflation. So,
0: yeah, that's really all it comes down to. As uh, inflation just isn't there yet, and the drivers of inflation aren't there yet either. And that primarily, I think, is 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 the labor market, and things have just remained very tight there. Both both sides of the border. And there are really no no signs yet that things are slowing. A lot of people say labor market's a a, a lagging indicator. Uh, you look at it over time, it's more of a coincident indicator than a lagging indicator. So I'm not quite convinced there. Maybe the unemployment rate lags a bit, but. Uh, the job numbers themselves tend to move pretty well with activity.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean,
0: equity yeah. markets still are very strong too, right? I mean, a lot
1: of people have left the workforce in that kind of 55-plus area, and they're not coming back as long as the S&P is still at 4,000. I mean, get back to 2,700, probably have a different conversation. But as long as people still have the equity that's been created for them in the last three years, I think that uh, it's going be, gonna to be tricky to get that participation rate uh, where you need to get it to for the math to
0: work out on the employment rate. So that begs an interesting question. Stocks are in pretty good shape. I mean, they're down today, but pretty, pretty, pretty decent shape. Spreads, credit spreads, relatively tight. I mean, they've bid tighter. They're not crazy tight, but they're in no way uh, not, not cheap in the least. And rates have rallied a ton. And so, like, how do uh, rates are rallying based on expectations of rate cuts? which either mean inflation craters or the economy craters or both or something along those lines. But if that happens, how do credit spreads hold in? How do stocks hold in? Like the, I guess, contradiction there between risk assets and, and rates is an interesting one. Maybe it is just money getting put to work. Maybe it is just positioning because, I mean, looking for higher rates, steeper curve and lower asset prices generally – if that's how everybody went into the year and everybody was wrong, well, then you gotta kind of catch up there and, and uh, buy all those assets that you were short. So maybe it's a little bit of that, and, and, and maybe once this positioning uh, move is over, and we're only what two weeks into the year, so geez, doesn't maybe maybe it doesn't take all that long. Then things start to turn the other way, and 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 we do get those higher yields, steeper curves, and 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 uh, maybe more <laughs> challenged risk markets. Uh, what what are, your, what are your thoughts there? I'm I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it kind of goes back to the the markets expecting the Fed to cut rates, which will support the support asset prices more. So that's I mean I think Is that our,
0: enough though? Like is, no, is it, is it I, enough I mean, that's all yeah,
1: Probably not. No, not given the severity of cuts we're pricing in with where asset prices are. I think that there's a mismatch there because I mean the Feds and the Bank of Canada isn't gonna cut that aggressively that quickly. Unless the economy is in really bad shape. And if the economy is in really bad shape, then, I mean, the asset prices we're seeing probably aren't reflective of that, definitely are not reflective of that. So one of them is probably wrong. Not sure which one yet, and I think that's what makes this job so interesting. I mean, I don't think anyone knows. And maybe they're both wrong. So I think uh, I think it'll be uh, an exciting year, and I think there's a lot to, uh, lot to figure out. I mean, I think that there's a lot to figure out over the next, call it, month, let
0: alone the next year or so. Yeah, I, I totally. This year's an interesting year, kind of transition year for policy for rates, and and I still like my my bigger picture thoughts on the next ten years being more challenging on the inflation front, is in higher inflation driven by a lot of global factors. Yeah, I was just going to chime it's in on the Hasn't changed general geopolitical
1: uncertainty around that. Um, I mean, countries bringing onshore production, things like that, um, and just more more general conflict, whether it's outright or silent.
0: I think that. Uh, it's going, um, it's going to be interesting. It's going it, to be interesting. Mets, it's it's it makes for a more challenging backdrop for sure, uh, and for inflation, globalization, the economies, uh, things just aren't as friendly as they have been for the past twenty years or so, uh, and then so like it, even if this year inflation pulls back somewhat, uh, I still think that uh, on a, on a secular basis, inflation still will not be as soft as it has been for the past 10, 20 years. It, they're just, just a different dynamic ahead. And something just on the side to, to keep in mind is, uh, I mean, China's reopening. And, and right now they're still dealing with a lot of COVID and a lot of people sick and a lot of people not at work and a lot of people not doing stuff, but that will fade over the coming months or so. I mean, we've, we've seen this movie before pretty much everywhere. And, and that probably means more intensified demand for commodities generally and energy specifically. And maybe oil prices go back up to 100 bucks. And I know I've told this story before, but I will say it again, like that it would not be good for inflation and, and put central banks, would put central banks in a very tough spot. And even and like that, you get oil back to 100, 110, 120, uh, inflation goes back up to 5 6% on the headline after going down to 3 or 4 something like that in the, by the middle of the year. Central banks in a tough spot. The rate cuts that are priced, well, poof, they're gone probably. Uh, so that's a, a, a scenario at least to keep in mind, uh, even if that's not uh, not the way things are playing out at the moment. Sam, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what your favorite trades are at the moment. Tens, uh, Thirties has been very topical, Canada, US, consistently so. I still think it is a trade. You just got to get it right levels, kind of like zero ish to flatten Canada, negative probably 25 to steep in Canada. Uh, though That would be my my trading range, and, and we're closer to zero now, so maybe an opportunity soon. What else do you see out there? I, I like that.
1: I mean, I, I think the tens bonds box is very correlated to Canada-US levels that we've seen. And we've seen a really big richening of Canada-US over the past two weeks. And that's a cheapening of the tens bonds box or steepening of the tens bonds box in Canada, which kind of got it to four-ish yesterday, I would say. Yeah, I like that trade. I mean, I think watching that range is is a good trade. I think being short Canada versus US, um, if we rally back, I mean, we and call it five basis points today. If we rally back another fifteen twenty basis points, I, I think you're going to get a few accounts put large structural trades on that haven't already done so. Kind of put that as an opportunity. Just kind of a lack of divergence trade. Canada is not really going to diverge that much from the US in terms of policy. Um, I think that'll be a topical trade, um, and I think just generally higher yields. I mean, I. I despite the the huge rally we've seen in the last two and a half weeks, I I do think that we will see higher yields over the next 11 months, definitely at some point, but probably sooner than later. Um, I do think this was a perfect storm rally, really just driven by positioning, new money, and a little bit of weaker data. Um, And the market's trying to change the narrative a little bit. And I mean, can we go another two weeks? Absolutely. But at some point, I I do think that higher yields is probably the, the trade for the medium term this year, short to medium term this year. And does that mean flatter tense bonds curve? I don't know. I mean, we're, call it 12-ish basis points right now. Can we test zero? Yeah, we'll probably test zero again. Um, I don't think this story is done yet. Um, in terms of higher yields, central banks, yeah, I think we probably test zero again. Um, kind of with the, the ranges on TENS bonds, we've been seeing higher highs and lower lows over the past two months, um, shallower lows, I guess. Um, so I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, we probably don't hit minus four again. We probably hit zero. Maybe one last final push, a little bit negative, but I, I think that um, yeah, we'll probably get a little bit of a flattening back in once some of the supplies out of the way and central banks kind of push back on some of this, the pricing that's gone on through. And it really only takes one one real data point, right? I mean, to kind of change the markets. One serious data point, Just a surprise, big surprise, yeah, big
0: surprise, big surprise would do it. I, the, you mentioned lack of divergence, or I guess less divergence than expected, I think that's that might be an interesting theme this year, in that like if the, the bank gets to 45 Fed may not even get to 5%, or maybe the 5% will be the top instead of being uh, the bottom of their, their range at the end of the day here. They may not breach that level, because the data we've seen suggests they may not get there at the end of the day, uh, even if the risks on both sides of the border are, are for higher rates. For now, it, it looks as though the Fed's going to stop maybe just a little bit short of that. Uh, well, we'll see what the job numbers do in the next few inflation prints, but uh, a down shifting to twenty five basis points from the Fed looks likely. And if the economy continues to slow the way we've seen, they may be done uh, sooner rather than later. And that means the Bank at four fifty, the Fed at, at four seventy five to five, which is kind of low four eighties, and that that's only like thirty basis points spread, thirty three years. so. And we were there last week, exactly, which isn't isn't huge, and it's not we were,
1: what we were there last week. So I think that uh, I mean, there's been a bunch of combination of. Canada-centric factors um, that have let us outperform, um, which over time probably pushes us back. But I mean, for now, it's all about the bank
0: next week. Yep. And we will see what they have to say. It will be uh, interesting and, and uh, the minutes at least add, add a new wrinkle there. So uh, we'll see. And, and Sam, thanks for thanks for coming on the show and, and welcome to 2023. And I hope everybody uh, has a uh, prosperous year. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. For full legal disclosure, visit bmocm.com slash macrohorizons slash legal.